we want to help the bands to tour in like you know like the, all those bands that don't have resources and don't have managers on bookers they can just come into the system create their profiles their tech writers and find a huge database of, of festivals and venues that are craving for like new talent welcome to the female entrepreneur musician podcast with brie noble Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, hey, this is Brie Noble, and you are tuned in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my free Musician's Profit Path Masterclass, the five-stage blueprint for creating massive growth in your fan base and sustainable income for your music career. If you feel overwhelmed by everything you think you need to do for your music career, or you've watched other musicians and tried to do what they're doing, but it hasn't worked for you, well, don't worry. That's why I created the five stages of music career growth. So you can figure out where you're at right now, learn exactly what you should be focusing on and what you shouldn't be focusing on so you don't waste time and money. I also give you benchmarks to reach in several key areas like live performing, fan base growth, social media, recording, and more. So join me for my free masterclass, The Musician's Profit Path, over at musiciansprofitpath.com. Free classes are running every day, so go register at musiciansprofitpath.com. If you listened to my last interview show released on September 3rd, 2018, I talked to Vanessa Ferrer, who started MerchCat. And today I'm talking to another gutsy female entrepreneur working in the music space, and that is Carolina Castilla. And when I say gutsy, wait till you hear her story about coming to the U.S. to start a company from Latin America, totally from scratch, not knowing anyone, and how she used her grit and ingenuity to get it started. She is the founder of Massive Act, and I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. But basically, it was created out of a need that she had as a promoter and somebody that worked with bands and venues. She saw a gap in the market, and she decided to fill it with Massive Act. So here's a little bit about Carolina Castilla and her program, Massive Act. Carolina Castilla has been a music business entrepreneur for 16 years, working in the music industry as a manager, tour manager, PR and event producer, helping bands from Latin America, the U.S., and Europe. Previously, she served as the tour and hospitality manager for Depeche Mode, Coldplay, and David Guetta, general producer of Audio Engineering Society conferences, and manage the Grammy-nominated producer Joel Hamilton for Latin America. Carolina built a software platform that makes live music performances easy and accessible for musicians. Massive Act is a platform where musicians and industry professionals find intuitive tools, manage logistics and build tech writers, and revenue opportunities booking, endorsements, and sponsorships, enabling everyone in the live music industry to achieve their career goals and have fun doing it. Here is my interview with Carolina Castilla. 
So that's a little bit about Carolina Castilla. So Carolina, is there anything about you that's a little bit different, quirky, unique, that's not in your bio that you think our listeners should know about you? Oh my gosh, it's something that sometimes I say, sometimes I don't. Like when I moved from Bogota to Silicon Valley, I didn't have a network. I didn't know anybody. So I was just trying to recruit a team. So I went on Tinder and matched with every developer or UX, UI person. Mm. And when I got to these coffee shops, then I said, I don't want a boyfriend. I just want to build this system. <laughs> with a PowerPoint. And then I got the third one was a musician. And he told me, I understand the value of this. He built a prototype, Lance, his, that is his name. And then with that prototype, I was accepted in an incubator. Oh, okay. And then from there, it was like, to like very, very easy, like, like working with mentorship and all those things. But that is a, some kind of a curious anecdote of my life. I, I came here, wanted, like I went to a lot of conferences and like I said, oh, I'm a journalist for Latin, from Latin America and then I got free badges, but the system didn't have, like I had the idea and the concept, but I could not put it in paper until I found Lance and he says, okay, this should be the UX and let's build this prototype. Wow. So you were just meeting people at coffee shops? Did you put an ad in like Craigslist or anything? No, like no, that? no. I just went directly to Tinder. And oh, I was so... wow. That's I, crazy. Yeah. I went and I saw guys, okay, UX, UI or, or developer. And like everybody was very welcoming. I was like, hey, you know, I just arrived here. I don't want boyfriends. I'm okay, <laughs> but I need to build this tool. <laughs> so, and then... The third one was like, this is awesome. Let's build it then. I have never heard of anyone using Tinder like that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, sometimes I don't, you know, I don't say it, but when, when I was speaking for Google in, this, in the International Women's Day, and then I told the story and everybody laughed so much and it was kind of fun. So I said, okay, I'm not going to be embarrassed anymore about telling how I recruit my first prototype. No, that's really smart, actually, but I certainly wouldn't have guts to do it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started working in music? So I studied philosophy as a rebel in, in my family and in Bogota. And obviously my dad wanted me to be like a business administrator or, you know, like a marketing lady. But I was, I don't know, I was kind of super punk. And then I was like, no, I want knowledge and understand human behavior and things like that. So while I was studying philosophy, I was throwing underground raves in Bogota mountains. But I was like 20 years old. So I was hiring DJs, finding abandoned houses and warehouses and, and doing raves. Wow. And then... And then I got like a, like a good amount of money. And with the time, I was called to be kind of an executive for a, for a recording studio that used to manage all the advertising and soap operas for Telemundo and Univision and 
and big brands, and they were starting a record label in partnership with Universal Music. So I started managing tropical, tropi, tropical pop bands. So I was kind of like, oh, but I like electronic, like very radical. I now I need to listen pop all day long. But then I started to liking the people, to like the people that I was working with and, and start touring around cities and the U.S. And then we managed like seven or eight bands. And then we were record of the year, song of the year, band of the year. I was pretty young. Then like three years after or so, I, I, I told my family, okay, I want to, I know how to do this. I want to have my own company. I don't want to have a boss anymore. And my cousin opened for me a space in his office in Bogota and two friends invested and we incorporated a company. And one of those guys was the CFO for Microsoft for Latin America. So oh my he, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And the other one was Business Latin America for Telefonica. And, and, and one of them found us to be the agency for activations for Xbox. So we oh did gosh. Guitar Hero, Rock Band, Leaves, like tours, like we made this truck that turned into a stage and did a tour around the country. And also we did like a download, this, a, song, a soundtrack from the top of, of Messenger. So it was a, a 360 campaign with like concerts, digital, a bunch of bands. I got the bands sponsored from, for S, from Xbox. So they got games and consoles. So all the bands were super happy. And then I started to do everything that I could for artists, like launching albums, making videos, doing PR, uh, managing producers. I also work with the Audio Engineering Society, organizing the conferences in Bogota and helping the conference in Uruguay uh, for Audio Engineering Society. So I was pretty close to the sound engineering world. And then the uh, Life Nation started to do the big concerts in Latin America, like, I don't know, Shakira, the Pecho Mode, Coldplay. And they wanted someone who spoke English to do, like, hospitality, tour management. And then I knew that the Pecho Mode was playing in Bogota, and I was super fan, so I went right away to the promoter, and I said, I'll work there, I'll work for free, but just hire me. He, he, he told me, yes, okay, but he kind of ignored me. <laughs> then I was like a pink Blackberry, like every day, hey, do you still need my help? I want to work. Then he contacted me one day before, and... I was ready to just clean the stage, whatever. And then he told me, no, 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 you will be with the band. So it was amazing because it was my favorite band. And then he hired me again for more and more and more bands. So at that point, like, I don't know, like when you work with the people that you like, I was like, okay, I need to achieve something else. And I felt that Bogota was was a little bit small for my dream. So I also lived in the top of a mountain but my the view of my house had like a, a mountain in front of my window so I felt that I had like a wall mm, so interesting yes it was like a mental barrier yes wow. and then and then 
some producers from producers from London in in New York asked me to work for them as manager for Latin America and I could develop some relationships and make money for them and make money for me. So I said, okay, I, I kind of have a space internationally. So I decided to, to think about how to solve some problems that I had when I was manager. For example, uh, I, I help a bunch of festivals to bring talent buyers and bookers from Europe and the U.S to South America for them to buy talent there. But I was noticing that every time we give them the EPKs or the profiles or the demos, those demos after the musician was preparing the material for months were left in the hotels because ah. that is a heavy weight in the airplane. So I was feeling very sad for my artists. I was like, why, but why? But I understood the producers like, like hey, I have 100 CDs. See this here. I can't just leave this, leave this, and just pay one hundred dollars. So, you know, overweight. So I said, okay, that is a problem. Second, I was, I was seeing also every time that I had a band playing in a festival, all the technical communication was a mess. So, the, how many cables you need? Are you bringing your drums? Do you need like keyboards stands? So that took like, I don't know, 30, 40 emails, just a small festival or just one email and then you arrive and then you don't have what you need. So I, I saw the second problem. And the other problem was like, okay, I, ha I, I was manager of a band and I was invited to play, I don't know, in Miami. But I said, okay, we pay some tickets to play in Miami. It would be awesome to find some other gigs, I don't know, in New Orleans, in other places. And having that database of venues to reach out or festival what is was impossible to find if you don't have like a very established booking agency. So I said, okay, I'm going to build this platform. Other problem that I saw was that one of the biggest festivals in Latin America, this, I think is the biggest one free for the crowds, is called Rock al Parque. It's a, a super cool festival because it's sponsored by the government. And they oh, pay wow. the bands, they, they have uh, this huge venue, it's like, I don't know, 300,000 people in a weekend. So for Bogota or Latin American bands, it's kind of a, a milestone to play in Rocal Park. But apply to Rocal Park is go be in the line and live in a garbage can, in a folder with three CDs, the Tech Rider, and like, you know, I thought that that process of the application was very archaic. So I added that to the fourth as a fourth problem to solve. And then I create, I, when I moved the, to Silicon Valley and then I got the mentorship and the incubation, found the team, not on Tinder and AngelList <laughs> and, and LinkedIn. And we built the system and we launched in January and like my life is pitching and pitching. A, a cool thing that happened in the incubator is that the incubator has 40 companies. And four of the CEOs of other companies incubated saw me working and they gave me money. So they, they, they invested in the company just to see my, my work ethics. Most of it, the first two years that I worked Sunday to Sunday, like 24-7 in the company. So that, that is something cool that happened there. And now we will the system. We have almost 1,000 users. We launched like three or four months ago. 
And now we are preparing our own touring help and we, we want to help the bands to tour in like, you know, like the, all those bands that don't have resources and don't have managers on bookers. They can just come into the system, create their profiles, their tech writers and f- find a huge database of, of festivals and venues that are creating for like new talent. Wow, that's an amazing story. And I love that you created this platform to solve several problems that you saw like on the ground that you were dealing with when you were helping with bands. So I'm curious, because I think, you know, many people in the industry know of sites like, say, Sonic Bids, or, you know, other sites where you can do similar things like this. How are you guys different from, say, like a Sonic Bids, where you can go put up your EPK and you can do a lot of the things that the you pro- have yeah. available? So the problem with Sonic Bids, and I was fan of Sonic Bids, but um, I think we our algorithm, depending on the information the band uploads, recommends festivals. So we oh. we de- exactly. So we we analyze the stage of of the life of the band. Like okay, it's a beginner, it's a mid, it's a touring band, or it's a famous band. Like we have several stages. In depending of what stage of your career you have one album, two albums, three albums, or four videos, you have three tours, the the system recommends to the festival these artists match with your requirements. What happens with Sonic Beats is that sometimes bands of digamos let's say like two or three years ago, I don't know if this year, I think this year they didn't do it with South by Southwest, you know, you have twenty thousand bands paying. $45 and mm. I think only 1,500 bands just are, are chosen. So you have like 18,000 bands like saying, okay, where are my $45? So <laughs> uh, we, we've been like very, how do you say, cautious in, in, in the monetization strategy on, for now is for free, but we, we want to really give the tools for them, for them to grow, not just like, okay, I have this festival and I'm going to make money with you. So if the artist doesn't want to play to a festival, they can just export the EPK uh, or just can make the tech writer or just hire the crew, like sound engineers, promoters, bookers, uh, VJs, or whatever they want independently, while Sonic Beats is a little bit more restrictive in the usage of the, of the platform. And the difference with River Nation, that River Nation is a tool that I love, is that River Nation is more uh, fan-facing and promotion and, you know, the aggregation to have all your music in the digital platform. For us, it's more like a back office, okay? Communicate with your promoter, communicate with your festival and show them how you stand on the stage and, like, hire your technical crew, like, tour like a professional. And River Nation and Sonic Beats are more like a promotional tool. Oh, that's absolutely true. And that's a good point that this is more like, okay, you're at this professional level and you want to communicate. I like the idea of it being a back office. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So as far as like the festivals that you get onto your platform, do they have to pay to be featured on Massive Act? And, you know, eventually, like, how are you going to monetize this? So this is a great question. So 
we want to be the hero for the musician, right? Like I wish I could just leave the system free for them, but I can't. And we are analyzing behavior. We launch some tools. We are analyzing how they like it, what they want us to do. We have a tricky thing. River Nation and Sonic Beats mm, kind of spoil the festivals and the venues, making the artists pay to play. And this is something that in my ethics is wrong. And it's a struggle like as a manager and as a musician, you know. Um, definitely the festivals brings the traction, right? So what we did to solve this, I could just go to a festival and say, okay, let's, I don't know, any festival outside lands or whatever. Okay, let's do an application of $20. We will have, I don't know, 1 million bands applying. You will have 20 million. You know, I can do that. But what I did was, okay, let's do the application, but then let's offer a real workflow tool for festivals. So what we do, when a festival finishes the application in the system, we have a one step more in this. They can organize sound checks, lineups, transportation, and logistics with the festival team. So the curator curates the bands in the system, says, okay, I'm going to find these five or these four. They can program it in the sound checks lineups, and when they are ready, the, the, the curator of the, of the festival shares the tech riders and all the information with the team, and everybody can just communicate inside the system. So we can actually, instead of charging the musician to apply to the festival, we can charge the festival to use the workflow tool. But this is something that we are figuring out with the behavior. We just launched three festivals. We have like a database of some festivals that are willing to communicate with the artists. But we already launched three festivals doing the application system in the tool. So we are getting the behavior and like making more perfect those features. So that is the idea. Not only the marketplace, but a work, workflow solution for the festival. That's really smart. So you're offering them. Like if you go with us instead of doing it through Sonic Bids or Reverb Nation, you're going to get these other tools and it's going to be really useful to you. That makes complete sense on how you could then attract festivals that way. I'm just curious if there's no application fee for musicians, there's no real barrier to entry. Why wouldn't everybody just apply to everything? And, you know, I think that that's kind of where the, the money helps and that like, in order to be serious about applying for a festival, you need to invest a little bit of money because you think you're a good candidate versus just, you know, kind of with Reverb Nation, there's a lot of these opportunities that are free and then everybody just puts stuff out there even though they don't really qualify and they probably wouldn't be a good fit and all that. So how do you solve that problem? That's why we did independent tools and those are the ones that we want to monetize. We are analyzing mm. if we do okay, we give you four tech riders per month for $3 or things like that. We just, or me, like I think that an artist should not be paying to play. I think it's like same as when they tell me, oh, you are chosen to pitch in this super event with VCs and you have to pay $2,000 a month. Well, why, <laughs> you know? Yep. And I have to. So, so I think what we did was going a step further, make the applications free and then charge for the other tools independently. But as I told you, we don't have enough 
usage of like 10,000 users yet to understand their behavior and say, okay, they are just, they just don't care and they want to, to, to play, to, to pay to, to, to play. But what we did is we make like a, we made a difference in the system. We have a, a feature that is called perform and the perform we divided in four in the first two, the first two are geeks and the second touring. So geeks are actual contests from festivals. We are looking for a reggae act in California, blah, blah, blah. And then the, we send the email to the reggae artists in the system, okay, apply to this reggae festival because the deadline is X day. And in touring, we have a, a, a bunch of festivals and venues fixed. And what we do is helping the bands to connect with them, for example. I'm a band in California. I want to tour in Argentina. I go to touring and then I put in the location Buenos Aires and then I'll have five venues, 10 venues, 20 venues in Buenos Aires and I can't just send them an email. Hey, I'm a band from California. I'm thinking about the tour. Please let me play and then start a communication. So we have two ways of connecting the artists with, with, with real application and uh, the other one is a static venues where the artists can just reach out and, mm. and connect. I like that. I like that there's two different ways that makes a lot of sense and that they can apply for a specific thing at a festival. We're looking for a reggae band instead of just like any old thing. So I think that's going to be really helpful in weeding out the wrong people. Hopefully the artists respect that and don't apply when they're not a reggae band. <laughs> yeah. No, you know. we can we can do that in the algorithm because when the when the artist uh, uh, fills order profile, we can track their genres, locations, and everything. So we can just uh, make it, you know, p- put the limits. The other thing that I forgot to tell you is like we have we we have been working very hard, and we are building a an integration with the Spotify and YouTube mm-hmm. where. I can give to the festival all the data of the artists, like where are they, they been played, like what is the demographics and all the cities, the genres of the, the people that are listening to them. And then the festival will have also like an algorithm that, that predicts this is a perfect act for your request. And this is something that not that Sonic Beat doesn't have or River Nation. It's like a real, real data on, on the fan behavior. No, that's really useful. And I think on the music side, that's something that Music X-Ray has done that no one else has done. And I think has been really successful for them is that they match our, you know, artists with the people that are looking for that particular kind of artist and song. And so you're kind of doing something similar with that. And I think it's going to make you stand apart for sure. Yes. It's awesome. a lot of work, though. Yeah, I'll bet it is. And oh, my God. Like artificial intelligence and stuff. Yeah, no, and we already have machine learning in the system, but that integration with the Spotify has been difficult. I was lucky that I was in Europe last week uh, uh, pitching for a Sonar Festival. They have this, this, uh, this is an advanced music festival, and they have this startup garden, and then they have investors, mentors, and one of the mentors was one, person for the business side of Spotify and I could you because I was having the problem that when a musician puts their Spotify as a band the system was integrating 
all their personal playlists. So, oh. so, so the festival was logging in and then they saw, okay, this is the band, but also their, their picnic playlist, their shower playlist, driving <laughs> playlist. And then I had like a million of playlists and I had to just take it out the system. So yeah, no, no, it's a lot of work. Every, every day that we add a feature of fix a bug, another bug happens. So it's just like going with the flow. Yep, it it's, goes along with software creation, which is not as easy as sometimes people make it sound, I'm sure. So can you let people know, like, is it free for artists to sign up now? And how do they go about doing that? No, it's free now. Like, I don't know until when, maybe until when we got, I don't know, I want to have 20,000, 30,000 musicians. And, and yeah, they can go massiveact.com and just log in and create an account. Like, we receive the feedback that people want to ha want to have like several type of users and we have very restricted now because we have artist venue festival agent promoter or talent buyer and sound engineer and sometimes a dj is also a festi or festival owner or a sound engineer is an artist too so we are working in the UX to make that happen and people can have several profiles and then open it for tour managers, roadies, stage managers, DJs, stylists, photographers. And when we have that marketplace set that is not so difficult because we already have the backend, we are going to add brands and media to the ecosystem that way when the artist has the tour or three venues aligned, they can ask, okay, Red Bull, give me the tickets or Airbnb, help me with the lodging or Lyft or Uber, give me some rides, you know, like we're going to try to support uh, not only the artists in the festivals with the sponsorships for the festivals too. So we can connect uh, any beer or any brand or all those brands that support festivals, they, mm. they can manage all the sponsorships and the publications in the system. But that is like in the roadmap. Far wow. Away. I mean, that's, those are some really great and grandiose ideas. And I'm sure, you know, it'll take a while to get there. But I, I love the direction that you're going with that. Yes. It's, 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 I don't know. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a, a struggle. But, you know, like I'm very happy because it's built. Yes. And that was the, uh, that was the, the, the long route. Now everything is just, you know rainbows <laughs> yeah we'll see about that but yeah it's, it's, it's all downhill from here probably yeah yeah after what, what you had to do to get it built well you've been involved in the industry for a really long time so I just wanted to ask you I asked everybody this question do you have any resources that you would recommend other than Massive Act of course for artists to use or learn from whether it's in music marketing music business self-development you know, books, blogs, podcasts, what, what do you find helpful to help I, artists learn? So there is one guy that I really like what he's doing in his startup is called Sesh. He is in LA, Sesh IO, and he helps sound engineers and producers to connect. So when, it, when a band needs like to record a song and they are not in their local town, they just go to Sesh and see what studios or producers or engineers are available for them to go and do the records and the other one that i like is some this guy is trying to implement the blockchain into the he had like he had like a, like a, a fight with some major i don't remember if it was capital records and 
they never paid him with his project, his royalties, and he just started this blockchain startup. And people can find producers and produce songs in a, like in an iOS platform, like in, in the mobile, in, in, in the iPhone. They can produce songs, find the producer, like it's pretty cool. What is, those are the, the, the two that I, that I like. Now, the, one of the winners of the Sonar Pitch last week was a company from Germany called Skewch. And they analyze the way you play piano and recommend you, you know, tactics or technique, the, the, how to make better your technique and like in real time. And, and I thought that was pretty cool. Like what I recommend to the artists is just keep networking, go to events, go to the rehearsals, rehearsal room, try to find venues, you know, stay active. Always have a graphic designer in your band and someone visual, not only for your flyers and your albums and all those things, but for your for your show. It's it's pretty cool when when a band like uh, goes to the stage with some visuals, you know. Yes, and, and that that that's it. Like used to massive act, they can come, they can send me emails. Like we are built in based on your needs. So the more feedback we get, the better. Absolutely. So how are they best to connect with you online other than massiveact.com? Uh, my Twitter is Bogota Music Link. My Instagram is Caro Castilla V and Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. I'm super open everywhere. Awesome. Well, you guys definitely go out and check massiveact.com. I think it can be a really useful tool for you. And obviously, if you get in on it in the early stages, you can help to shape it. And you can, you know, just give your feedback and really help Carolina build it to be a place that is obviously what she's trying to do here is really help out musicians. So if you give her some feedback, that would be super helpful as well and support her. So thank you so much, Carolina, for all the information that you provided. We really appreciate it. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.